Well, hey, everybody. Uh, this is Derek from DJ's Epic Quest. Just uh, one half of us tonight, but I am joined by author Christopher Brenning. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've, I've been, I'd be lying if I uh, said I wasn't looking forward to this today because all day at work, I've been looking forward to doing this. So uh, awesome, awesome. Appreciate you taking some time to talk to me here, especially kind of short notice. I know I'd message you earlier this week. So uh, I appreciate you making something work here for me. Absolutely, man. Let's do it. So, um, yeah, I just finished your second book, The Wrathbringer. Um, I have not read The Servitor of Sin yet, but I was just hoping we could chat about it. Um, probably be full spoilers, I imagine. Um, this book's a little bit more fresh in my mind than the first book, but there are definitely some some things in the first book. So um, I guess if you didn't mind, if maybe if you just wanted to introduce yourself, um, tell us some whatever info you care to share. Sure. So uh, I'm Christopher G. Brenning, uh, based out of Racine, Wisconsin. Uh, Racine is sandwiched between Milwaukee and Chicago, so uh, nowhere too interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I write uh, I write grim dark fantasy. Uh, you know, and when I'm not doing that, I like to I like to hike. I like to travel. In fact, I just got back from Greece, time of my life, and uh, going to Thailand for my 40th birthday in January. So uh, I'm keeping busy. Oh wow! Yeah, I saw your pictures from Greece. It looked like you had a pretty good time. Some cool pictures. Yeah, man. Uh, but by far the best time of my life. And I'm, I'm already plotting in my head how I can get back there. So. <laughs> Well, that's cool. I'm glad it was a good time. Not not everybody gets to make trips like that, so it's it's cool that you. No, get no, definitely once in a lifetime, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully, I can be a be a regular visitor there. Yeah, worth going to, huh? Oh, for sure, it was worth every penny. Absolutely loved it. In fact, it kind of transitioning back to life in the U.S. has been a little little bit of a struggle, just because life there is so much slower, and and the people are different. The food, man, I ate like a king the whole time and lost weight, you know, it's, it, was, it was just fantastic. I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't have enough positive things to say about, about Greece. It was, it was great. Well, what, uh, what was your favorite thing there or, uh, you know, what kind of a, a I guess, um, historical site, maybe, maybe is the right term. Um, what'd you see? What'd you do? Uh, well, our Airbnb was right across the street from the Parthenon. So like, you know, we're, we're sitting, uh, my, my buddy and I were sitting out on the balcony at night. It's all lit up and having a cocktail and just staring at this, this place that's thousands of years old. It was, it was, it was surreal and it was, it was humbling and it was just fantastic. And then we, we spent a little time in uh, Corinth, uh, not the modern Corinth, but the ancient Corinth and, and got to see 
the the fortress there, which is up on top of a mountain. You know, it's thousands of years old, and just getting to walk walk up there and 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 hike up up, up on the mountaintop is is fantastic. I imagine it, it, like you said, surreal just to think of the thousands of years that have passed and all the people that have tread there, and uh, yeah, that would be very cool, very humbling just to think about all that. Yeah, my great grandparents are originally from Greece, so it was you know it, it was definitely uh, an experience getting to see how you know see where they where they came from and how they lived and all that stuff. So yeah, oh, that's even better. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Get to see some of your heritage. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess as far as my questions, I kind of jotted these down as I thought of them. So they're not really, uh, in any particular order by any means. Um, but man, I, first I will say, I I think your books, the Hellborn King, I think that was the first indie book that I ever bought, um, trying to think back on it. Um, it was before I had the idea of starting a podcast. Um, and I don't, I don't even remember how I came across it, but I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw it. I'm like, Oh man, that looks really cool. And yeah. So I yeah, when it. I first, when I first published it, the cover was making its rounds on, on Twitter quite a bit because it's, you know, it's a fantastic cover. Jake Caleb design did it and he, he knocked it out of the park and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it made the it made the rounds for a while there, so I'm not surprised you ended up seeing it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I did because it was I I haven't read a ton of Grimdark, um, and and up until recently, really, I haven't since I graduated high school up until um, probably two years ago or so. Um, I hadn't done a whole lot of reading, and then I kind of picked it back up again. Um, but I finished the wheel of time and then, you know, I've read what's out there for a song of ice and fire. That's probably the most grim, dark stuff that I've read. Mm. And now Justin and I are going through Malazan, but, uh, man, yeah, just, I couldn't believe how brutal that book was, <laughs> um, but I'm like, Jesus Christ, but I loved it. Um, and just some of the twists and turns, it just, it, it made me want more. I didn't want it to end. Um, now, did you read the yeah. first edition of it or the second edition? Um, I, I guess I don't know. Whatever, whatever this one is, if you can tell by the cover, I guess. Uh, the, really, the best way to tell is um, on towards the back. It'll tell you the date that it was published. It'll say uh, "Made in USA" and then it'll give you a date. Uh, July 4th, 22, 22. Uh, so that is the first edition. Yeah. Okay. So really, it's really the big difference between those two is that, um, my, my writing ability for Wrathbringer, I, I, I believed was, you know, superior to what it was in the Hellborn King. And I really wanted Hellborn King to be on the same level you know, for people who want to get into the series and everything. So I went back into it and I cut out like 20,000 useless words, sentences, uh, and just really, really gave it an extra layer of polish that I, that I thought that the the book deserved. So it slimmed it down a little bit, made it, and it's, I mean, if you thought it was, you know, a direct, you know, streamlined story before, I mean, there's no fat on it in the, in the second edition. It's just, 
it, it it's just all substance. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I'm no book critic by any means, but I guess from what I remember of it, I, I didn't feel like there was anything that I, I wouldn't have wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was, I, you know, going through that book, uh, Cedric's, I can't remember his son's name right now. Uh, so Alfred. forgive me on that. I wasn't expecting him to get butchered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I'm going through and I'm kind of thinking, okay, Cedric, he's going to get his revenge. And then that, I got turned on my head there. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then Madeline, that ending, uh, I think of, it made me think of Game of Thrones where uh, Danny's brother said, oh, I'm, you know, if I'd let the whole Kalisar fuck you if it got me what I wanted or whatever he said, I'm like, okay, well, you you just did that. (laughs) Um, Like, man, that was, that was, that was a rough go. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, my, one of my first questions here. um, And if I mispronounce words, uh, please correct me. um, It's fantasy, but you're going to at some point. (laughs) Right. But I mean, hopefully I don't butcher anything too bad. And, and I hopefully I'll, I'll ask you questions you don't get asked all the time. But uh, Galdacus, the continent of your world, mm-hmm. um, is is that the only continent we're going to see? Is there have you thought about beyond those borders or anything like that? I have. Um, are you going to see it in the Hellborn King saga? Maybe, maybe not. But I do plan on having a, a, a sequel series two maybe three books or whatever and that will include uh, include an expanded world so you'll get to see more of it but um i think i think for the duration of the saga it's going to be confined to the to the continent cool uh yeah i just i wasn't sure you know what's there what's not there um and I, i think at one point i asked you on twitter but i don't remember how many books were you planning for this uh, five full-length books. Uh, obviously, I have the prequel novella, and I might maybe just kind of see how things are going, might throw another novella in there. Um, my, my whole idea for Servitor of Sin was, you know, to, to give the ebook away for free if you sign up for my mailing list and just try, try to get people, you know, and just give them a freebie to try to get them in, interested in the series. But I definitely would not recommend reading the Servitor of Sin before you've at least read the Hellborn King, but preferably I'd like you to read them in order just because there's so much context that you're just not going to have if you jump into the prequel right away. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it's, I just, I just finished Wrathbringer earlier this week, so I haven't jumped into it yet, but I mean, it was, I think it's like 60 ish pages. So it's yeah, pretty manageable. I mean, you could probably take that down in a sitting. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what uh you know what is your writing process like um do you just like you get home from work you know if you're at work thinking about or i guess i'm assuming i don't know if you write full-time or you know you got a day job but um you know if you're thinking about things you know you just immediately start writing or do you dedicate time every day or a couple days something like that to it uh, right now, my, my writing process is just a, a series of struggles. It's just, you know, struggling to find motivation, struggling to find ideas. But typically on a, on a, on a good day, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd go to work, you know, my day job and then 
go to the gym for you know an hour or so and then come home. I, I, I like to do my writing in the evening for whatever reason. I don't I don't like writing when it's light out. My creativity just kind of comes out when it's dark. So uh, you know, I'll you know, sometimes I'll mix up a cocktail. Um, I'm always burning incense, playing music. I have lighting all around my desk. I, I really try to set the mood uh, for when I write. And I uh, some nights, uh, you know, I, I really struggle with a, a certain chapter or a character. So I'll, I'll skip around. You know, I have, a, I have a big cast of characters and sometimes I'll get in a groove where it's just like, you know, I really only feel like writing one specific character. And for the last couple of weeks, it was mostly Lucetta. She was the one I was writing. Uh, but now I've shifted over. Uh, I'm writing a chapter with Sylvia and Damien. And so, you know, whenever I switch characters, I always change up the, the the color of my lighting. I change up the kind of incense I'm burning, just really trying to set the mood and and get myself immersed in, in what I'm doing. And every character has their own soundtrack, too. Like certain characters, like uh, Lucetta is almost always black metal. And, you know, my my barbarian characters, it's always like neo-folk, like High Lung, Wardruna, stuff like that. So just just really trying to just just set the mood and and kind of immerse myself into it. That was that was kind of one of my other questions, just wondering how you get into your characters' heads to write them, and that's a pretty good answer, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and just your your answer there kind of leads me to one of my other thoughts. These first two books, when I read them, uh. I felt very like things are very like black, white, and gray that there, you know, there, there wasn't a ton of color. And it, I don't mean that as like a knock on your writing at all, just the way I felt about it, the mood that it put me in. But then I, we get this chapter with Einar and he, uh, he took some mushrooms, I think, mm-hmm. and had this like trip and just an explosion of color. And I just loved it. I thought that was so cool. Just, just this big transition. Um, I, I, I really like that a lot. Not, I guess that's not so much a question, but just kind of a, an observation. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Is it a, is it a bleak, unhappy world? Yes. But I do, I do try to, to, to perforate it every once in a while with, with stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, moments of levity. Uh, and then, and then right after, usually I like to break your heart too. So I don't, I don't like to keep it too late for too long. <laughs> So like uh, end of Wrathbringer, uh, you know, since since we're talking spoilers, uh, when uh, Gareth and Madeline have have their wedding, you know, I was I was told by quite a few friends and, and readers and everything like, oh, you know, that was that, that 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 it was a beautiful scene, you know, they're they're finally coming together. But then I go and break your heart right afterwards. So you know, can't make yeah. it too happy. It is grimdark after all. It it is, and like I said, I haven't read a ton of that, but it's that that it it seems more realistic than you know just fantasy because there's obviously there's fantastic elements to your books mm-hmm. but it's for the most part i mean it seems pretty realistic i mean it's i mean yeah it's it's absolutely dark and brutal but i mean it's something i could see playing out um yeah, and I did. I did that intentionally because I want I want people to be able to immerse themselves in the world and 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 be able to identify with certain characters and 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 their struggles and everything. And so, 
I, I put a lot of effort, a lot of time and effort into making it as realistic as possible, you know, researching. I mean, I've always been kind of a history nerd, military nerd, and, you know, just really researching the weapons and tactics, um, you know, just, you know, what the world would look like if it actually existed. And, and yeah, there are some fantasy elements in there, but my, my like magic system, I would say is more supernatural than it is like a hard, like Brandon Sanderson type magic system where there's rules and there's, you know, counters to everything. It's just like my, my fantasy elements are more the unknown, the unexplained, the paranormal stuff like that. And I like that a lot. And so I guess with that, uh, and Lucetta and this this uh, woman in black that she has, uh, that's the woman in black is probably my favorite character because I just it's it's that unknown and so I haven't decided if it's if she's something that's real or just something inside her head and I'm looking trying to find all these clues and stuff and I don't really know that I found anything <laughs> um, yeah but it's that's a, that's a that's a, a hotly debated topic among my readers is who is the woman in black? What is she? Is she real? Is she uh, just in Lucetta's head? Like, like what is, she? and you're going to find out more and more. And, you know, as that, as that character progresses, but uh, writing Lucetta and the woman in black, it, it's one of, it's one of my favorite things to do just because it's just, it's so dark and it's just, uh, there's no limits to to what can happen, you know, between those those two <sighs> characters. And originally, I was going to cut Lucetta because, you know, when I when I first 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 started writing the Hellborn King, because I was like, well, I don't really have any other characters for her to interact with because she's kind of a you know she's kind of a loner. She doesn't feel you know a deep connection to anybody really. And I'm just like, well, I can't just have her off by herself. Like how like how would I even write that? Like how would that be entertaining? And then. I came up with the idea for the woman in black and, and started piecing together uh, the whole story arc in my head. And it's, you know, wh whenever I seem to find myself in a writing slump, you know, I'll just, I'll just throw on some, some heavy dark music and just, you know, just dabble in, in, in a Lucetta chapter. And it usually gets me, gets me going again, creatively. Uh, so. I'm really glad you didn't cut her because yeah, I mean, she's, she's, I would say she's probably definitely my favorite. It's it's so interesting and just that that battle I have with myself to think, well, you know, is she real? And then you know, we just we kind of see her wasting away, and um, I, I think kind of on the verge of you know, I guess being an alcoholic in some sense, or maybe that's kind of what it is. But I'm, I'm I wonder a little bit because towards the end of Wrathbringer we see Madeline kind of transform and it seemed like she kind of was seeing something similar as Lucetta. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if there's a connection there or not. Um, well, I can't, I can't, I can either confirm <laughs> or deny anything as far as that goes, but <laughs> sure. Sure. Maybe that's kind of an answer, but um, man, you know, and this, this entity, convincing her to kill her mom and it was i did not see that coming at all mm -hmm. um i don't know the idea was great and i love it and i can't wait to read more about it yeah that that was a particularly difficult chapter to write because uh in, in in book one you know the hellborn king uh the queen was you know uh the the character of the queen was was a more or less a tribute to my mother and and the struggles that 
you know, uh, real life struggles that she went through with my father. And so she she wasn't too happy when she read that her character got <laughs> killed in her. <laughs> but you know, I was like, hey, you know, uh, it's you know, it is what it is. It's a you know, it's a story. And I just I I, I just I, I just felt that it it kind of had to be that way. And I, I kind of needed the story to go in that direction. And um, uh, that that whole that whole thread there with her um grappling with with the 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 madness that's consuming here you're basically watching a, a a controlled demolition in slow motion with with lucetta you're watching somebody just slowly coming unglued and coming off the rails and so you're gonna see you're gonna see that that story and the and the fallout of what happened with the queen continue into the into the next main installment in the series it is a very interesting that's a very interesting way to put it and when you put it that way, I can see that. And and I'm thinking back to her story where, you know, she's thinking she's going to build this kingdom on, you know, up from the ashes, basically. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's probably not going to be what she is expecting it to be is kind of how I feel about it. Um, I don't know. It, it is it's very intriguing, very interesting. Uh, and if I had to give somebody one reason to read these books, it would probably be Lucetta so far. Um, not that I haven't enjoyed the other characters, but mm -hmm. she's been the most interesting to me. Yeah. Everybody has their own favorite. Uh, it, it's really interesting talking to, to different reviewers and, 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 you know, friends, family, fans, everybody has a different opinion on the characters and everybody has their own favorite character. Like some people, their favorite character is Titan or other people, their favorite character is Madeline. I've even had people say Gareth is their favorite character and then they can't stand this other character that somebody else really loves. And so that to me, to have characters that are that realistic and, and, and have that depth to them where, you know, um, it's not universally agreed upon like oh this character is good and this character sucks like everybody has different opinions on the cast and that's something i really i was really aiming for with the series i really wanted to make it so that you know each character is unique and you know depending on your own personal life experience you you know you may identify with with this character in ways that somebody else might not and and that was very much intentional on my part i think yeah one of the things when i first started reading hellborn king is trying to decide well okay is is damien is he really a bad guy you know and and these mm -hmm. these people that i'm being told are the good guys are they really the good guy you know is it is it just a matter of perspective or like you said life experience you know all that stuff will play a role into it mm -hmm. uh let's see Were there any other books or any other types of media that influenced you, um, that you drew inspiration from for your series? Um, well, believe it or not, I'm actually not a book reader. I, for whatever reason, I just don't enjoy reading. It's really hard for me to, to just sit with a book and focus on it. Um, I, I did the audiobook thing for a while when I was at my previous job. Um, but mostly, you know, I'm mostly I'm a movie and in TV series kind of guy. And so um 
Uh, I think it's kind of easy to see some influence from like Game of Thrones, for example. In fact, I, you know, I've said it, I've said it on multiple podcasts where the thing that really inspired me to pull the trigger on writing my own book series was how colossally terrible this you know, season eight was of Game of Thrones. And it just, it absolutely let me down, broke my heart. And I'm think, sitting there thinking to myself, you know what? I, I've always had this crazy idea in my head of writing my own book series. And I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I can give it a shot. Maybe I can, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can stick the landing. And and so, you know, I, I it went from just a crazy idea in my head. And, and, and then about a year later, I had a physical copy in my hand and now, uh, it's been two years and I, I've sold copies in 15 countries. It's it's absolutely wild to see how far it's come in a relatively short amount of time. Wow. Yeah, that was so I guess that leads into uh, another question I had. So obviously that was a pretty fast, I guess, transition for you. But mm. so game the, the TV show is kind of an influence. I was. uh I guess you know, like when the idea first formed in your head, it was because of that TV show then, or maybe um, not necessarily. That was just to write something. Yeah, that 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 was the the final motivation to go ahead and pull the trigger and, and start writing. But um, I've actually had a bunch of these characters for a long time. In fact, I came up with Damian Dreadfire back in like two thousand four, two thousand five, and as well as some of the other characters from my. Uh, online uh, RPG browser-based RPG games. You know, we used to do free-form role-play. It's all text-based, and uh, you know, you'd come up with your own country and your own society and everything, and then you know, you'd interact with with other players. Sometimes friendly, sometimes not. And um, some of these characters, like Damien, for example, I'm I'm intimately familiar with because he, he's been a part of my life for so long, and so. I wanted to make him the central focus of the book and then bring in a couple other characters. Some of their names have changed, but you know, that the, the idea of the character is, is still there. So uh, I've, I've always, I've always had a knack for writing. I've always, it's always something I've enjoyed doing. And then, you know, I just, I've, I've, I got that final push. Like, all right, go ahead. Let's get, let's give this a try and, and see what happens when, you know, when game of Thrones ended. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always curious what, what creates that spark for an author to to start putting words to paper? Um, I, I like hearing that that backstory, that history to it. it it's definitely got to be in you. It, it, it's got to it's got to be something that you already have in you. It's because I, I it, it's easy to start a book. It's really difficult to finish one. So if it's not just in your blood to 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 create to you know to to do something like this, it's going to be really difficult for you to do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure everybody everybody has their own unique story about hey, hey, what inspired you to to actually to do this? And and you can talk to any indie author or any you know traditionally published author, and I'm sure you're going to get a different story every single time. Yeah, definitely. So did you did you know you were going to go the indie route, or did you look in? I guess I don't know how how that process works, but did you look into the I guess the traditional book publishing? Yeah, I actually did. But uh, when, when I first started brainstorming ideas for the Hellborn King, my my intention was to to self publish it. But then um, when it came closer to the end, when I was about to finish, I was like, you know what, why don't I just give this a try and see it see if I can get a traditional book deal. So I sent out 50 query letters and, and, and I set a hard limit for myself. I was like, I'm not going to do this forever. 
Um, 50 is going to be my limit. And so I sent out 50 queries, got 50 rejections, and I only got one piece of uh, critique, I guess you could say, because most of these are just copy-paste form rejections like, dear author, thank you for your submission. Um, only one gave me any sort of personalized feedback. It was still a form rejection, but um, she, she said, uh, I, I feel like you're starting your book in the wrong place. And I had a different prologue at the time. Uh, the prologue actually started um, in the aftermath of the ambush. And so I, I'm sitting there thinking about it and I decided to back it up to where it starts now. And I rewrote 80% of that prologue in two days. But um, oh wow, yeah, and 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 it is what what it is now in the Hellborn King. But uh, yeah, a after all the rejections and after I did that, I was like, you know what? Uh, maybe my destiny is in is in the Indies. And so, um, found a cover artist, uh, found a great formatter on uh, Upwork, and just just hit the grind, man. You know, started that Twitter account, zero followers, and just just started grinding <laughs> and. And just, you know, really trying to put myself out there, even though my marketing is still nowhere near what it should be. But it's it's just been the slow grind, you know, one book at a time, one reader at a time. I, well, I can say you've won me over, uh, you know. And, and so Justin and I, I mean, you know, we've got two books that we're reading together. And then, you know, we're each reading something else when we're not doing those. And, uh, you know, I finally got around to reading yours and I've talked to him about it. Um, and that's that's kind of why he's not here now is because he doesn't want to be spoiled things. I think at some point he'll he'll get around to reading them. But uh, it is that the indie community does seem to be pretty awesome and uplifting. I, I mean, I guess obviously we're not authors, but just being some sort of creative, you know, we have to embrace that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot of fun, you, you know, getting the chance to do this, talk to you. Um, working with other people. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, I imagine it's very rewarding on your end to, to do what you do. Absolutely. And you know, the indie community is not without its own share of problems, you know, but, but, but by and large, I mean, you know, from, from the authors to the, to the reviewers and everything, especially on Twitter or, or X as it's called now, which is, I think is a terrible name, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean everybody. Everybody there is just is it, it, great. So generous, um, you know. Uh, even if you know, let's say uh, an indie reviewer uh, has a book and they don't necessarily like it, you know, they're still they're still gracious. They're not they're not gonna you know uh, uh, disrespect you or, or or anything like that. I mean, the, the indie community there is just is is just so great, and it's and it's really. I mean, I mean, without it. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a platform. I mean, I, I wouldn't have sold any books outside of my, you know, my my personal Facebook page friends and and you know people around here where I live. So that you know, Twitter's really allowed me to to reach out and and develop a, a global audience, and it's it's fantastic, man. I, I I have no desire to to go the traditional route with with anything. I mean, if they you know, if somebody in, in the industry wants to make me an offer, I'd entertain it, but it's not something I'm going to actively seek out. Just, I guess, I don't know that content is the right word, but you're happy with the way things are then. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, 
So you said 15 countries. Have you had to translate your book into any other languages or it's just English? It's just you know, these people are reading it in English and other countries. Yep. Okay. Um, let's see here. Who, who is your favorite character? I don't remember if I asked this already or if you mentioned it in some capacity. Um, I would say my, my favorite character I, I would say is Damien, but the character that, that I find is the most fun to write would probably be Lucetta. Although eh, sometimes it changes. Sometimes I get in a Titan mood where I'm just pissed off at everything and just, you know, I feel like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like writing a Titan chapter. So, I mean, it's all situational, but by and large, if, if you held a gun to my head and said, pick your favorite character, I'd say Damien. Okay. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's a big dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. And originally he was supposed to be a point of view character, but, um, I started, I started, I, I don't know. I got maybe a paragraph or two into a chapter of his, his first chapter. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go down this route because I don't want you to know what he's thinking. I don't want you to know his motivate his motivations. I don't want you to know his backstory. I want him to remain an enigma. And I want you to, to only see him through the eyes of other characters. And I don't know very many other book series. I know they're out there, but I don't know very many that, that have their main character, not a point of view character. So I thought that was something, you know, not, not it's not a hundred percent unique, but it's still, it's still pretty unique. So I, I, you know, I thought I would go that route with it. Uh, more of his story is great. It, it, it's like a slow drip with him. More of his, his story and everything is coming out. Servitor saying you're going to get to see a lot more uh, the, the, the next installment book three in the series you're going to see a bit more and you're just going to get to know the character better and and that was another motivation for me to write the servitor of sin is because i i started to get the impression from readers that at the end of wrathbringer they were they were starting to, to feel like damien was more of a villain and and he was kind of slipping from that that gray zone into more of a villain so i that, that was another motivation for me to write servitor of sin is so you can see more of why he does what he does and kind of hopefully pull him back more into a gray character area. Yeah. I, I guess I don't know that I necessarily, I didn't feel like he was becoming more of a villain, but I definitely noticed that he wasn't so much like a, I guess a central focus. He had these other characters around him, you know, like mm -hmm. you're saying um, that are, you know, you're getting their point of view and how they interact with him. Uh, but I, I did like that, and I, I guess I can't think of any book series off the top of my head either. You know, where you know the guy that's kind of the main character, you're not in his head. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it is definitely a little bit more unique, I think. I uh, one of my thoughts in the Wrathbringer, I felt like just about every character at some point could fit the the title of Wrathbringer. Like, you know, Tyler, Titan, definitely had his moments where, you know, like he goes on his kind of rampage towards the end of the, the big battle. Mm -hmm. um, like, okay, well, he's, he's letting out his wrath. And uh, same thing with Madeline, you know, she had her moments. Gareth, you know, when he's on the front lines, like, okay, well, I'm, for a little bit, I was kind of debating. I'm like, okay, I'm, I wonder, is it, is it Titan or is it Gareth that's on the cover? And then, uh, you know, I, I got that reveal 
but I wasn't sure for a little while mm -hmm. uh, as to who it was. Um, but was that something you intentionally did to give all these characters, uh, I don't know, maybe not necessarily a moment to shine, but where to that the title kind of fit with them? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's interesting you, you, you bring that point up, like you weren't sure who the Wrathbringer was because I've had, I've had one, maybe two people say, uh, like with the Hellborn King, they're like, well, who, who, who's the Hellborn King? Is, is it, is it Damien? Is it Marcellus Bethard? Like, and I'm like, you know, I, that, that wasn't an intention of mine, but I could, I could see why you, why you would think that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to give each character their, their time to shine and there's going to be a different main character gracing the cover of each book. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I knew, I knew I wanted Titan to be on the cover of, of Wrathbringer and I knew I wanted it to be, you know, named kind of in his honor uh because you see him you see him uh at the end of hellborn king you know he's in a very low place you know because he, yeah. he thought he lost madeline and he blames himself and he deserts and he's just like i'm just gonna go off into some into some pit somewhere and drink myself to death and then he gets captured at the beginning of wrathbringer and then you and then you know he he's like this close to to being executed and he goes from that to rising up to being, you know, Gareth's personal bodyguard, and it's this whole transformation. And then he, he, he the the big battle at the end, he finally gets to let out just all that rage, all that wrath that's 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 just been building in him the entire time. Uh, and so, yeah. And then uh, I, I can't say who's going to be on the cover of the next one. I can't say what the title is, but. That's going to be coming within the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be on with um, Andrew Maddox of Andrew's Wizardly Reads, and we're going to do a, a live uh, cover reveal. So that's going to be pretty awesome. In fact, I'm I'm debating whether it's the best cover in the series. I think I think it's. I mean, the Hellborn King for me, it's always going to have a special place because it's the it's the first one, and I just I think it's so iconic. But this this cover, man, it's it's badass. I can't I can't wait to drop it. I did see that on Twitter and I'm looking forward to that. And so I've been thinking in my head and I, I feel like in my head, I'm thinking Gareth, but I guess obviously I'll just have to wait and see, but uh, just have to wait. And see. It, won't, it won't be long. I, well, I'm glad it won't be too long. Um, I feel, I, I guess I feel like he's, he's probably going to play a pretty big role in the next book. Um, I don't know how I, much you can speak to that. Or I, that's I not really so much can't. question. I really but. can't. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the role, I mean, you know, he's he's definitely seemed like a character who's stepped up a lot. I I think maybe I feel like he's probably had the most growth as a character. Yep, I agree. Um, it's a coming of age story, really. It's it's the hero's journey. It, it's it's not a a, a wholly unique. Uh, storyline but you know he's 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 lost in the first book you know he's he's a man child he uh is consumed by his vices and then you just you you see him becoming you see him stepping into the role of the man that he always needed to be he's finally embracing that and you know like hey no you know um even though i have people around me that care about me you know nobody's gonna save me but myself and he's he's accepting that and he's you're seeing him grow up essentially, even though he's in his late twenties. Yeah, it was. It felt good to just see that, you know, he's he's kind of shaking his vices is a great word for it, but uh, taking over and then, but I just, I could, 
not that I've been on any front lines of a battlefield, but, uh, you know, he's, he gets this training, uh, you know, he's got, uh, you know, he's got his best friend training him, helping him, but then he's, he's still scared when he gets out there and, and who wouldn't be? I mean, I, I think about like in our own history, battles like that, like what a, absolute nightmare that must have been to you know <laughs> well you be the guy be on the front line with a shield well you can't be brave unless you're afraid right because bravery is the is overcoming your fear so you have you have to have fear and 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 i don't care how tough you are every everyone that goes into battle there's there's always fear it's always there in the back of your mind and i wanted to i wanted to, to be faithful to that i didn't want it to be where you know yeah gareth has this elite military training you know he's been doing it for you know you know six months eight months or whatever and all of a sudden you know there's no fear and he just you know he you know th th there's nobody that can stop him you know I, I didn't want to do that so like like when he's sitting there on his horse and he's surveying the battlefield there's a lot of doubt all of a sudden that, that it's creeping into his mind and he's afraid and and and, and he feels like turning and, and fleeing but but he can't because he's embracing that that uh, uh, idea that this is bigger than me that you know like my, my men are looking to me to be the standard bearer you know because my my father the king is you know ha has degenerated and fallen so far that he can't be the one out here leading the army it has to be me and and what's going to inspire my men well it, it's me sucking it up and being brave and so and yeah and you see and you see him do that but you know even though he's he he's growing and he's maturing and he's he's kind of shaking off his vices the struggle is still there. He still struggles. He still struggles with the depression. In fact, at the end of Wrathbringer, when Madeline leaves, it 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 almost breaks him, you know. But but he uses that newfound strength to help keep him going because again, he realizes this is bigger than my this is bigger than me and my desires and and everything. And so yeah, I mean, um, that that's something you're gonna see consistently throughout my series with my characters is that. No matter what trajectory they're on, there's always going to be that 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 realistic, you know, humanity to them. I mean, there there isn't going to be any character where it becomes a Mary Sue or, you know, they're not still struggling. They're not still ha dealing with uh, conflicts with other people around or, or whatever. You know, there, there's always going to be that that layer of realism to it with the characters. And for me, that that that's really what makes this um, a character driven military fantasy i guess you could say i've had i've had people call the call it all, all, all sorts of different things but one thing everybody seems to agree on is that it's definitely it's definitely character based for the most part yeah it, i really i like that believability to the characters I, I mean i'm sure you know we've all read that that book series you know where you know you know who the hero is Mm -hmm. you know they're gonna live you know how are they gonna pull it off and and uh, i don't feel like any of your characters i don't know for certain if they're gonna pull it off are they gonna survive some i hope more so than others they do um yeah there is no escape a, lot, a lot of them aren't gonna get happy endings yeah there, there there is no escaping consequences in my world i mean if you if you make a mistake you pay for it and and uh, like like Cedric Valens, his mistake was hu uh, uh, hubris and and not not thinking clearly through his anger, and it cost him. Uh, Madeline, I mean, she knew she knew she was walking into a hopeless situation, but her pride got in the way, and she paid for it. 
You know, um, Lucetta, uh, her, her, her ambitions are beginning to consume her and it's, you know, it's, it's costing her people in her life that she cares deeply about. So there's consequences to everything that happens and nobody's ever going to be able to escape poor choices. And I, and, and, and that's another, another, just, you know, yet another layer of realism that I intentionally am, am putting into the series. I, I love it. I, I think anybody who's read this, I would have to agree with that. I mean, I don't know how you could not enjoy that realism to things. Uh, it's just, to me, it makes it so much more enjoyable than something so fantastic that it's just not believable, you know? I mean, those things are fun to read too, From but yeah. I like that grit. I like that, you know, that layer of realism. Yeah, you know, if you're backed into a corner and it's just you and there's and there's 50 guys around you, chances are you're not making it out of there, you know what I mean? And, and to me, it would just feel like a cop-out if, you know, all of a sudden – Somebody found themselves in a hopeless situation, but just at the last moment, they get Satan. Like, nah, that that's not for me. That's that, that's just not how I operate. You know, I mean, I mean, if somebody if somebody's in a hopeless situation, it it's it's probably hopeless. <laughs> they're probably going to die, or they're going to suffer some sort of horrific consequences. You know, that's just that's just what you're going to get with the Hellborn King saga. Yeah, and I feel like you kind of tease us a little bit because uh, at Castle Morden. You know, and, and uh, ruin gets built. Einar builds ruin, and uh, man, uh, the Zilomations, uh, Zilmations, yeah, Zilmations. All of, you know, they just throw themselves at the wall, and and the defenders, you know, they kill a bunch of them, and they're and they're feeling pretty good about things. Mm -hmm. well, that didn't last long. Nope. All right. Um, something you may have answered already, but what's, what's been uh, the hardest part for you to write, uh, in these, these books so far? Oh boy. Um, that's a good question. I don't know if anybody's really asked me that before. Um, I wouldn't oh, cool. say it's necessarily, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say there, there's a hardest part. It, for me, the, for me, the hardest part is just trying to stay consistent with my writing. That's the biggest struggle because I, I always had this goal. I try to do at least, you know, a thousand words a night. And I, I especially this year, has been a really difficult year for me. Uh, I, I just have not been hitting my goals. And so, you know, coming up with the with the story, the plot and everything. I mean, I mean, that stuff's easy coming up with the dialogue, but it's just, it's just, it's staying motivated and, and, and it's keeping that drive going. That's, that's the most difficult. Cause you know, like I'll be sitting there sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm a screw around on YouTube. Yeah. I'm a screw around on Twitter. Now all of a sudden, you know, it, it's like nine 30, 10 o'clock and I got to be up for work at, you know, quarter to five. And it's like, well, I didn't get anything done tonight. So I, I would say that by far, that's the most difficult part. Actually, like when I get into the zone, when I get into the groove and I'm going, it's, it's off to the races and it's easy, but it's just, it's just finding that, that ability to shut out the outside world and just focus on what I'm doing. That's by far the most difficult thing for me. There's a lot of distractions out there for sure. And yes, uh, I'm sure we can all relate to that. Um, have you had anybody, you know, whether it's editor or, you know, like a alpha beta reader, 
um, something like that. Have, has anybody been like, like, whoa, like that was too much. Like uh, the only, I guess the only example I could think would be like Madeline's ending in the first book. Have you, have you gotten any like pushback on anything like that? Um, no, actually, uh, I, I have had, I have had some people say, oh, you know, it's a little bloodier than what I would typically read or whatever. But uh, the scene with Madeline, which I thought was going to be, well, I mean, it is, it, it's probably the most controversial scene in the series, you know, so far. And um, I, I, I wanted to be very careful about that because I originally didn't want to do that with Madeline, but it just it just kept going in this in this direction where I I, I didn't really want it to go because it's like I care about this character I don't want to see her suffer but it, it's going in this really dark direction how do I do it but do it in in such a way where it's it's not tasteless and it's not going to utterly offend the reader to the point where they don't even want to continue the series so I I I I kept a lot of it off the page a lot of, a lot of what happens to her is just implied you know. Right. Um, there really isn't there really isn't anything that's that's really all that graphic when it comes to that scene. But, you know, you using using your natural deductive problem solving abilities, you know, you know what happened to her. But um, no, I really haven't had anybody say, oh, you know, you went way too far with this or, or, or you know, you should have dialed it back there. Uh, all the feedback I've had so far is, you know, has been really great. And. I also want to be careful not to fall into a, a trap being grimdark where it, it's either uh, torture porn or, or or it's just gratuitous violence for the sake of violence. So, you know, just blood and guts everywhere. Like, I don't want to do that. Like the violence that I use, it comes in short controlled bursts. It's not like you're going to, it's not like throughout the whole book. It's all just, it's, it's all soaked in blood. It's not, but when there, when there is violence, it, it it comes in fast and heavy, but then but then I pull the punch, you know, I, I like that. It, it, it's not like you're reading page after page of you know guys getting tortured and and stuff like that. It's to me, it, to me, it, to me, it's overkill and, and and too much of a. Well, I hesitate to say that that, that torture and all that's a good thing, but uh, you know, too much of a good <laughs> too much of a good thing is bad, right? And like too too you know a battle that goes on too long is bad, uh, you know. Uh, name a scene like a, a, a romantic scene or a scene between two characters like anything that's anything that goes on too long it just you know it's too much you know it's, it's just too much i mean and, and that's why and then that was another reason why i went back and did a second edition of hellborn king it's like some of my descriptions of scenes and things that are going on yeah it's, it's kind of dragging a little too long it's not necessary and so I went in and chopped it out, but coming back to your question, no, I really haven't had anybody say, you know, hey, you you crossed the line w with this, so I'm I'm pretty fortunate there, and I think I I think I think I nailed what I was going for, where I kind of walked this fine line between, you know, too much and not enough. I would agree. I mean, these things, you know, Madeline, um, Lucetta, like all these these different things, uh, you know, the ambush, Cedric. I'd read these and I'd, I'd pause and be like, whew, like, damn, like that, that was that. Um, but I wasn't like, like, all right, that's enough. I got to put this mm. book down. It, it was, yeah, it was not tasteless. Um, I, I hit I you hard, but then I give you a chance to breathe. It's not, it's not, yeah. you're not, you're not just constantly getting assaulted. I think that's a perfect way to put it. 
I think that's all the questions I had related to the book, um, books. Um, uh, just took maybe a couple fun questions. Um, Justin and I were both pretty big metal heads. Um, enjoy that type of music. Nice. Uh, Favorite favorite band? Who's your favorite band? Oh boy, or favorites, I guess. <laughs> favorites, uh, Camelot, obviously, a big favorite of mine. Um, I, I used to be a big death metal guy back in the day, but you know, my, my musical tastes have, have changed. Uh, I dabble in a little bit of black metal, uh, Shamash, underground band from Switzerland. I love them, very atmospheric. Achilles, another great black metal band. Um, I also enjoy Neofolk quite a bit, Highlung, Vordruna, um, Gildir, uh, just so many bands, uh, like the rabbit hole is endless with that. And basically Neofolk is, it's like Nordic traditional music, but but with a modern uh, swing to it, you know. Um, uh, I also listen to a lot of post-rock, which is mostly just instrumental, not a lot of vocals. And, that, and that's helpful too. Um, I prefer to listen to music that's, either uh no vocals or it's in a different language you know because when i'm sitting here trying to write and come up with stuff i don't want you know words rattling around in my ears so so i i do that but uh yeah i mean my musical tastes nowadays are, are all over the place um sleep tokens a band that that, that blew up this year and kind of sucked me in just because it's so different it's it's something yeah. i normally would never listen to but it's just for whatever reason it just it just grabbed me maybe the lyrical content uh or whatever but you know that's a band that i've really been enjoying lately and so yeah i mean uh in my younger years it was just you know let's just listen to the heaviest fastest stuff i could find you know <laughs> i mean just you name the death metal band and I, I was all about it but now now i'm um, my my taste of mellow mellowed a little bit and i can appreciate good music regardless of what what genre it is very cool. Uh, last concert that you went to? Uh, last concert was Camelot, actually. A couple of months ago in Chicago, they, they came through, and that was my uh, third time seeing them. They, they, they always put on a great show. Uh, I, I, I would never not recommend seeing them. I don't know if they've ever come through. Well, I guess I, I can't say I've heard of them. Maybe I've heard of the name, but I'm not familiar if you played it for me, I don't know that I'd recognize it, but I'll check. Yeah, when out. we get done, go to YouTube, type Camelot, rule the world. That's a good song to kind of kind of jump in. But it's with their old singer, but it's still it, it's one of their best songs. And it, it, it's you'll you'll know from the get go if it's something that you can get into or not. All right. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, next concert you would go to. Oh boy. Uh well see living in the Milwaukee area, so many tours skip the area. They just they just don't come around. So um I'd have to go to Chicago or, or Minneapolis if I wanna if I want to see a, a, a big tour, unfortunately. So I don't know, it all it all depends on on what comes through. Um next year in August, I'm going to Norway to Midgard's Blut, uh, which is a, like a four-day outdoor camp out music festival where it's a bunch of neo folk and black metal bands so that's definitely on my calendar but as far as anything that comes around here it's just you know pretty much whatever i can get <laughs> you know sure <laughs> well i don't i don't know that i've got any other questions for you um i guess is there is there anything you can tell us as far as what to expect for the third book here um 
Oh boy. Well, um, third book, what can you expect? Well, um, the, the trajectory the series is on, you know, Hellborn King, obviously a book, book one in any series, it's going to be heavy on the world building and the lore to establish the characters in the world that you're reading. So, you know, book, uh, book one of a series is kind of what it is, you know, but, um, the, the, the Wrathbringer, I, I, I feel personally that I avoided the, the, um, typical sophomore slump that a lot of authors experience and you know as far as uh the world building and the action and and the momentum wrathbringer i i think was was a definite upgrade over hellborn king and and the new book that i'm working on now is going to be an upgrade to that in fact the prologue for the new book i think is the best the best thing i've written yet i mean the prologue is just it's so awesome it's action-packed i mean it's 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 fantastic. You're going to love it. In fact, I'm probably going to, uh, I, I'm, I'm considering reaching out to my narrator who did the, the audio book for Hellborn King and just have him narrate that and put it out because I want people to see it so bad. So, um, yeah, book three, uh, expect more battles, uh, probably a bit faster pace too, because, uh, one thing I did with Wrathbringers, I kept the chapters a little shorter. Like Hellborn King, there's like a 10,000 word chapter, 7,000, 8,000 word chapter, whereas Wrathbringer, they're more like in the four to 6,000 range, you know, so uh, it kind of makes you feel like the pace is is a bit quicker because you're getting through the chapters faster. So, you know, you can expect a bit more of that. Um, you can expect the world to broaden a bit. You're going to you're going to see other other. Um, cultures and stuff that you haven't really gotten to see before. You're going to get a, a point of view character from the Drothians who to this point are, are only uh, bothersome merchants that pop up, you know, in all in all the big cities. And you're also at the end of Wrathbringer, you get to see the Obneri who are these, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a, a, I'm hesitant to say Viking-esque, but, you know, they're, they're basically a, a, a warlike tribe and, and they're seafaring people and they're going to be involved in the next book too. So the world is going to expand and, uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm really looking forward to getting it done. It's just uh, I, I have no idea when it's going to be done. I hopefully I can put it out towards the end of next year. I'm, I'm really really hoping so because I don't want to keep people waiting too long. I I don't want to go years and years between releases. I want to keep it on, on a pretty consistent schedule. Well, good things take time. Yeah, there's true no sense in rushing it. Yeah, but I also feel I also feel an obligation to to, to the fans, you know, to people who uh, invested their time and their money in, in, into the series. You know, I I don't I I don't want you to have to wait five to ten years for the next book. I just don't. I don't <laughs> want to do that to you. Yeah, that's. I mean, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire. I mean, I guess I don't know that we'll ever see the next book to that or not. Um, yep, Patrick Rothfuss. He's he's another example. I mean, I mean, not to not to badmouth the guy, but still, you know, you're. It, it's been what over a decade. People are waiting, you know, and to me, just me personally, if people are going to invest their time into something I, I created, you know, I, I feel that I, I owe it. I owe it to you. I owe, I owe it to you to keep going and, and to keep giving you the content that, that, that you want to have. And, and I've always felt that way as an artist, as someone who's, who's always been creative and, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. Uh, no, no matter what the cost, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going. And my, my goal is to get all these books done uh, 
before or maybe around by the time I'm 45 and I turn 40 in January. So I've got a pretty tight schedule to get three three more full length books done. I imagine. I mean, you must like since you came up with this idea. I imagine you you know where it's going to end. It's just a matter of getting there. I know the last sentence of the last chapter of the last book. It's 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 already up here. I know exactly how I want it to end. So, <laughs> gotcha. That's always exciting to hear. Uh, yeah, Rothfuss. I I tried reading, and I just I really struggle with the first person point of view reading from that. I just yeah. It it for whatever reason it just takes me out of it out of the story, and I I don't particularly care for it a whole lot. So. Um, yeah, I prefer the I was third, also third person. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I I tried reading that. I was probably more than ten years ago. I don't even know if the second book was out when I tried reading it. And mm. I've aged. I'm probably a little bit more mature now <laughs> than when I was younger. So maybe I could get through it. Uh, it's just a matter of trying to look past my I guess old personal bias on the right. point of view, but no, everybody has um, their own preference and everything. And you know, I, I prefer third person past tense. That's just how I've always written, and that's just how I prefer to to do things. And, and a lot of people enjoy it. Some people enjoy the first person. You know, it, it, all, it all depends on your personal taste. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's just it's just easier for me to. I, I think it sounds weird because like you get that first person point of view, but it doesn't feel like whenever I'm reading something, whether it's a male, female character, whatever. Like I try to put myself in their head and I just don't feel like I can do that in a first person point of view. Yeah. And, and, and another thing with my writing style is that I, I put you in the head of the characters too. Cause anytime a character is thinking something, I put it in italics. So like, you know, when, when they're speaking, it, it's in the quotation marks, but then I'll, but then, you know, there may be a little exposition and then, and then you're getting the thoughts and they're having, yep. and yeah, so that's that's also something I wanted to do too to add a, another layer of complexity. Like you're literally in the character's head. You're 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 reading their thoughts. You you know what they're thinking. You know, and as well as what they're doing, you know you know what's going on in their head. And and what they're thinking may not necessarily match up with what they're doing. They may they may appear to be calm and confident, but on the inside they're 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 freaking out. You know, so that's yeah, that's something I've always enjoyed. Of, yeah. Just because it's like, okay, you know, like I said, I put, I want to put myself in that head and you get their thoughts and like, okay, well, maybe that is what I would think, or it's, that's not how I would think, you know, if it were actually me. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I do enjoy that. Uh, well, is there, I guess, anything else you'd like to say to wrap things up here? Uh, you know, where can people find you? Where can they get your books? Um, anything along those lines? Uh, you can find the books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, if you sign up for my email list at ChristopherGBrenning.com, you can get a free ebook download of The Servitor of Sin. But again, don't read it until you've read the, at least The Hellborn King, although I prefer you to read them all in order. Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm, I'm biggest on Twitter, aka X. Uh, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but don't do a whole lot there. I probably should, but um, Twitter is really the best place to find me. Awesome. Well, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to book three when, uh, when it comes out, I'm excited to see this cover. Um, and yeah, I, I've really enjoyed your books and look thank forward you. to continuing to enjoy them. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, and thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again for taking the time here to be with me and, uh, 
Well, thanks again for your time. Absolutely. Have a great night. You too.